It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I am so excited that you're here with us. Boy, have we missed you. And we are so excited that we can spend some time with you today and with Matt Kahn. It's Dr. Sarah Larson with Miracle Makers. I'm just getting back from Washington, D.C., getting back from Puerto Rico with my beautiful husband celebrating his birthday, Craig Larson in the house. Miracle Makers. So good to be back. Thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a phenomenal journey today with Matt Kahn, who I'm so looking forward to exploring this, the, his insights and his wisdom and his the, the transformation he has, you know, witnessed firsthand through so many events and personal sessions and all stuff like that. He's, I'm just really looking forward to this experience. And it's a call-in show for you. You can call in and ask Matt Kong questions as well. And so let me, let me get started on introducing, he just came out with a new book, Everything is Here to Help You. Matt Kahn is the author of the best-selling book, Whatever Arises, Love That. He's a spiritual teacher and highly attuned, empathetic healer who has become a YouTube sensation with his healing and often humorous videos. He has more than 10 million YouTube channel viewers and are he's really helping you explore possibilities in your life through in joining his website, joining his newsletter, and joining his live streaming. Everything is here to help you, author Matt Kahn. Welcome, 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 Matt. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we're so excited to have you come visit us again. And we, mm. you were visiting us from your home in Seattle after getting married. You're a newlywed. Congratulations. Thank you. It's it's truly an honor. I'm, I've been, you know, I've actually been looking forward to getting married my entire life and to now know that I can be married to, to my beloved and, and have the kind of relationship that I've always dreamed of having. I mean, it's really, it's really a dream come true. It's, a, um, it's one of those things that quite often I wonder, did your wife pick you? It's a dream come true is what I hear. Or did you pick your wife? Well, I would say that we chose each other. When I met my wife, um, there was definitely an energy between us, and I had a very distinct knowing 
that was very different than any time I've met someone else in my life. And the knowing wasn't, this is my wife. It was, I need to know this person. We, we need to, I want to explore something. You know, it was that kind of a immediate connection and she felt it too. And then as we would connect and get to know each other and, um, as time went on, you know, we very quickly started to feel a very deep connection that not, neither of us had really ever experienced. And, you know, we came together, had an outrageous um, romance, and of course, at the same time, helped each other heal so many of our core wounds, uh, and it only deepened our love for each other. So I think it was in the beginning, we both had a very deep connection with each other, and then it was over time, we really started to realize um, the depth of our love. That's so, so Matt, what was, you know, because relationships are so key at helping us heal or helping us see what's still a wound or what's still unconscious. So is there one thing in specific that you that she helped you see or helped you heal? Oh, absolutely. You know, in my household growing up, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of emotional fireworks. I was raised in a very passionate family and I had a very loving family. But at the drop of the dime, someone could explode in anger. And so it was a very uh, uncertain type of environment. And growing up, I was inundated by the heaviness of these explosive uh, moments with my family. And so what I learned to do as a child, as an empathic child, is I learned to find complete peace and spiritual alignment in the fire of you know, emotional upheaval. And what I realized looking back on my life and my wife helped me really uh, heal this. And really she helped me heal this by just, you know, just the environments we were in together, especially with the work I do. I can be in complete peace in the midst of emotional upheaval. And the next step for me was learning to be in complete peace without the need for emotional upheaval. So for me, it was really just a deeper relaxing of my nervous system and I, you know, I'm a very relaxed person as it is. And then when I met my wife, I realized there was an even deeper relaxing and settling in that I can do. So I really think now I'm just enjoying my life even more and I'm savoring each moment even more. And I'm, you know, more driven than ever before in my career and my service to humanity. But I also have a personal life that is uh, equally as fulfilling. And I think for me, that's been a, a new gift to embrace. A new gift to embrace. So happy for yeah. you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's, so many people strive for that and to be in that place in life where you can receive that and right. just truly be grateful and just savor that. How blessed are you? Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Tremendously blessed, you know. And, and again, for me, I've always been a giver and rarely have I ever been a receiver. And up to this point in my life, I hadn't known many people that could you know, give to me like I can give to them. And so I've just been in service to people, uh, not requiring it to be equitable, just serving because I'm always having my connection to yes. the universe. Mm -hmm. But here I found myself in a relationship where I can receive equally to what I give. And, you know, for me, that was something very new to get used to. Mm, nice. This is, it's so beautiful. It's something to get used to. And I, I want to talk about contrasting. This is a, a shift here, but going from duality, because wedding, marriages, all of life, and even your description of childhood and you stepping into oneness or stability. How do right. you describe duality consciousness versus oneness consciousness? 
And how do you see that relating into marriage? Because each of you is going from this duality, this reflection going into oneness consciousness. Well, in my experience, it's actually a little different Uh, from the earliest ages. I mean, I've experienced oneness awakenings on so many, you know, so many ways throughout my life since I was eight years old. Now I live in what's known as a meditative trance or samadhi. So I live in an uninterrupted meditation I have for the last 15 years. So I've gotten to know oneness enough to look back at my life and go, wow, I was actually in oneness when I was a child. And I, and I, for some reason, was one of those psychic children that never shut down my abilities. And so for me, the challenge has been oneness has always seemed like natural reality. And ha- being a part of this world and being the character that I seem to be um, and holding space for myself as an individual, interacting with other individuals, uh, for me, that was actually the journey. So um, in my experience of being married, both my wife and I both naturally live in a state of oneness. And oh, there we are. How beautiful. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we, we both live in a state of oneness naturally. And duality for us is just the way in which our oneness decorates itself as a coming together of two individuals. Um, For those that are coming from duality to oneness, I can definitely see how there might be some challenges of how do you be an individual and abide as the one? Because when most people come into oneness, the thing that either disappears or they think shouldn't remain is their individuality. And so I think what's really interesting is that to know that duality isn't the only place individuality exists, that when we come into a space of oneness, we're still gonna be unique flavors of source. It's just a matter that our individuality is in harmony with all that is, instead of bumping up against competing or colliding with the individuality of others. Uh, I love that. And Mm. the way that I see that, the more you are yourself, Mm -hmm. the more the rest of the world knows how to fit in and belong with you. And the more you belong to yourself and to the world, the more you understand and can access points in the world from understanding that it's a continuum there are, when you know yourself you can master the information that whether it's an empathic pathway that's being fed or nurtured you can understand as an empath what's going on so i think one of the greatest gifts you can do is share who you are reflect that out as much as possible take what the universe gives back to you as feedback and lead that into knowing how and demonstrating how you belong to the universe how the universe belongs to you I'd love for you to share um, what it feels like for you to be in Samadhi. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's so, uh, I find myself describing to people what joy is. Mm-hmm. And I find myself describing all of these emotions or ways of being in the world that people don't have a reference point for before yeah before they come before now and so what is what is that reference point well when the samadhi uh happened for me i was living in um 
a house in Seattle, not the current one I'm in. And I was sitting in the middle of my living room, probably 10 years ago. And I heard what I thought was a gunshot. I thought someone fired a gun in the neighborhood. And I realized the sound was happening inside my head. And there was an explosion that happened inside of my head. And it felt as if everything I knew about myself and every reference point that I gathered from my life up to that point oozed out of both of my ears like warm liquid. Uh, and as, as everything I knew about myself oozed out of my ears like warm liquid, I was just in a space of what I would say, no thingness, which doesn't mean I'm no one. It just means I don't have a reference point to describe or put on myself. And so when that happened, my sense of the world, my sense of myself all vanished. So I find myself in a very interesting position where I am leading a global movement of love and I don't have a sense of the world, meaning I have a sense of the location I'm in. I see you, I'm in a room, but I don't have a sense of reality existing beyond this moment and that everything is just the constant scene changes of this one moment. And it looks like I go other places. And so that's what I experience. And it seems as if there are other locations, but only when I get there. And so my experience of Samadhi is just reality is only this very moment. I don't refuse to put anything on it. There's just no sense of putting anything on anything. So like when my wife and I are connecting, for her and I, it's just about the natural flow. There's, there's nothing for her to do to be closer to me, and there's nothing for me to do to be closer to her. And our connection is so natural that we actually had to take some time to get used to it because of past relationships. You know, we're used to playing roles mm -hmm. and this is about presenting your identity and is my identity being pleasurable to you and what can I do to be more attractive in your eyes and all these different things that once you, once, once waking up happens at a deeper level and it's not just waking up out of the familial conditioning of your past, but it's also waking up out of the social and the spiritual conditioning to where when you fully wake up, the nothing doesn't mean that nothing exists. It means there's just nothing to put on to the whole in any way, shape or form. Meaning, for example, I can say that there's joy in this state, but that would indicate that there's, a, there's something other than joy that I experience. And so for me, I have this constant uninterrupted experience of vast, eternal, silent wholeness, where no matter what is occurring in the moment, no matter where I'm going or what role I'm playing, the vast, silent, eternal wholeness envelops me and carries me along and is surrounding every being that I meet. And I'm just able to intuitively see how much or how little of that wholeness they're aware exists within them. That's so beautiful and so profound. And it goes back to the, um, you're not adding anything. You're not taking anything away. Right. You're just experiencing and you can describe for another, it sounds like what's happening in their mind or what's happening in their body or what the spirit or the soul 
um, or what their word or their will is bringing forward. It's right. really, really beautiful. And to have a distinct moment is yeah. so profound as well. What are some of the ways that you can, uh, and Greg has a question for you. You know, Ooh. it's so funny, man, as you're talking. First of all, I want to just like honor you and acknowledge you for coming to this place in your life for a human being to evolve to this place Wow, yeah. I love it. And then thank you for, for sharing from that and reflecting back to us that. And what I find so interesting is I'm listening. My ego is like, well, he should try having kids. <laughs> or, or he should try coaching Little League and see how somebody right. he is there. Oh, why not, Matt? You should try traffic on the 405 in L.A. We'll see how sure. calm. And my ego's like coming. I'm, I'm just like laughing at myself. I'm like, are you sh re for real, Mr. Ego? It's like it's coming up yeah. with all this stuff around them. But it's and I, but I, you know, and I'm in a place now where I can just say, okay, I see that. Ha ha, funny, funny. Because I'm like, I'm listening to you sharing this great stuff. Like, we, I mean, this is what what you're reflecting back to the world mm -hmm. is so beautiful. Keep doing that. Keep living from that. Keep evolving from where you're at now into greater heights and deeper richness, and just keep sharing that because it's just we need this. And we need you, you, Matt. Yeah. And just to add to what you're saying, yeah. okay, so funny story. I had, I grew up in Southern California and I had experienced traffic, I thought. About a year ago, I came to LA and my wife and I were driving somewhere. We were trying to get from Venice to Culver City. It's like three miles. Yeah. <laughs> and it took us two and a half hours. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, there you go. And I will tell you, because people say, oh, yeah, were you still in Samadhi? Like, Samadhi isn't something I have to try to be in. It's just, it's literally like a bottoming out. It's a bottoming out where it's not that you don't get angry. It's that you forget how to be angry. Like, in moments like that, you know, you notice, wow, we've been on the same street for quite a long time. But you don't have a sense of time. Yes. And what's weird about that is that I have no sense of time. And I keep incredible time. I'm always on time. Because when there's no sense of time, now there's not personal will organizing your schedule. Now there's just divine flow. And so it doesn't mean I don't have a schedule to keep. It just means none of these things trigger the body into a state of stress. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I've been in three hours of traffic going three, going three miles in distance. Um, <laughs> you know, going through this awakening process, one of the things I'm really not good at is sleeping. And so I can count on both of my hands the amount of times I've had a solid night's sleep in many years. I'm just starting to kind of sleep because my body is so relaxed during the day in this waking, awakening state that at nighttime, my body thinks it's been sleeping all day. So for me, the hardest thing to do is to sleep. And if I don't sleep, I actually do better work. So whether I'm tired, whether I'm awake, it's just as if, Nothing reminds you that anything's a problem. It's just something to face and something to deal with. And the closest I get, to be honest, and this is just my experience, to being upset is I just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like I had someone in traffic. Apparently I did something that to their rule book was illegal or unjust. I, I should have let them go first, whatever it was. And they... I've never had this happen in years. Someone gave me the middle finger. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. 
that. Like it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> like here is a finger and it represents my disdain for you. <laughs> I laughed my ass off for minutes. And I drove laughing, going, is 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 that what's supposed to upset me? Yes, yes. You know, it's just it's amazing what happens when someone has an issue with you and you're listening to their issue as if they're talking about someone else. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's an <laughs> extraordinary. And I, I love that you're in the current. And I looked at some of Mary Magdalene's no guilt, no shame, no regret as yeah. part of that. What else would you add for that? as being in the current no doubt no you know doubt. that's the key no <laughs> doubt because so many of us oh my god let's just talk about this for a second how many of us as empathic sensitive souls are actually codependent and if we do something that upsets someone else do we stop and go maybe i'm hurting someone maybe this is not what i should be doing and what happens is again we're sensitive souls we abide in the vibration of love we vow to do no harm. But if you do something that your deepest knowing says, here's where you need to go, and it doesn't match where someone else is told where to go, it can cause a disruption in their own core wound to feel abandoned and left behind. And so the question is, do we become all things to all people so not to trigger the things that people need to heal? Or can we actually have the courage and conviction to say, I'm a nice person, I'm supporting the love revolution. I'm going to follow what's good for me. And if someone else has a problem with it, why would I disturb their problem as if I could offer a solution? I'm just being me. That's so beautiful. The mm. biggest gift you can give the world is being you. And we call that being a miracle maker. Mm. The miracle is you when you yes. really step into that. And um, when you address what you want and how your ego, and I love your book for defining out the ways that the ego pieces things um, yes. and the different faces of the ego, really. And uh, um, But what I think is the most important thing is having one foot in self-awareness. Mm. What is it that you wanted? What is it that... And then the other foot and being able to read the environment and know that it's your own filter that's mm. reading the environment. And it's your book does that so beautifully to really, really show you how to read the environment. And as a and it, my grandmother was my first teacher, my first <laughs> seeing I, I didn't know that people didn't see the way that I saw in the world seeing the wholeness and this was the wounded healer archetype you know going mm -hmm. out i'm going to save the world non-government organizations as a doctor I, that's how i'm going to contribute god had a different plan had me married my husband to have babies and this whole other path emerged this beautiful space of wholeness this beautiful space of knowing what your wounds are knowing yeah. what you want knowing how to define your ego and really stepping through the possibilities 
um, the possibility that underneath it all, there is something else, this faith, no Mm. doubt. The more you get in integrity, the more you allow others to help you become more of the miracle you're here to make or become more of the love revolution. Everything is here to help you. Mm. What along your journey do you feel helps couples most be able to do this? I would say, and this is interesting to say because, you know, I've been in Samadhi for 15 years and it's only in the last two years where I'm still in Samadhi, but I came back to my personal sense of self to integrate Samadhi into my body fully. So I think in what would help couples most is that both people in a couple have to be sovereign and whole and complete in themselves. So both people in a relationship should obviously have time to connect one another and to be honest, transparent, intimate with their partner. But equally so, there has to be a private practice of each partner finds their own time to creatively express their passions, to be with their own healing heart, to love their heart and to heal the wounds that are coming up. And as each partner cultivates love within themselves, they then discover more love that they can bring back and share with the relationship with the agreement being we love ourselves individually. So to share more love with each other, and then we both play the role of reminding each other how much love we deserve to receive from one another. (laughs) How much love we deserve to receive from one another. That's so, Mm. um, and I love thinking of love as, I can monitor how much I put out and how willing I am to receive. It's so beautiful. And that's such a distinction there. I can only control the love that I put into the universe, how much Mm. I, and then how, and this book really helped me be able to connect to receiving more. And for me, I think part of my wounding was above all else, do no harm. And if I perceived I had done someone harm in Mm. any shape or form, it threw me into a automatic way of being, which Mm. knocked me out of flow. And no matter what the language or um, my mind had all of these techniques, my body might have as well, but until I got to the core of understanding that I can only control me, Mm. my receiving, my giving, my, and everyone else's opinion is, or everyone else's experience is their own. And sometimes letting go is the ideal state until they come back on their own or um, allowing, which I loved in your last book, was just the allowing aspect was so beautiful. Absolutely, you know, and and I think that, and I I appreciate what you're saying because I think it's so poignant and perfect to the type of evolution happening on this planet right now. I think, uh, and I only say this from working with so many people, in these different stages of awakening is that I think that there's this, there's, there's this, there's an understanding in the beginning of the journey that says I have the ability to let go of this and that. 
And the deeper along the journey, what we discover, and I highlight this in the book very uh, profoundly, is that we are not the ones in the end, we are not the ones that let go of anything. We're actually the ones being let go of. And part of the reason I wrote the book is to, is to create a map of such soul aligned harmony so that as we make peace with the mind and the body and balance out the polarity of the masculine and the feminine, what we realize is we're not the ones letting go we're the ones being let go of. Because when we let go, there's a, there can be a defensive or a masculine releasing or a pushing. And when we are let go of, we are, we are the very thing being released. And we are released out of the grip of the ego once the ego realizes that we have evolved to a level of maturity and consciousness where we no longer require a psychological inner guardian or protector to keep us safe from the world in view. So if we really look at it from heart-centered consciousness, the ego is there to guard us from the perceptions of harm until we prove that we're mature enough to stand on our own. And because the ego in itself, even if it's the most dormant aspects of the soul, it is the divine too, and it is the divine waiting for us to evolve to a level of consciousness and during our, gra our graduation the diploma is the ego letting go of us the ego dissolves back into the light and as it integrates the soul moves into the body and we find ourselves to be fully integrated in a way sign me up i want that right there <laughs> right that's so, so beautiful. And Matt, Very beautiful, yeah. so thank you for that. We've got callers and maybe some social media interaction happening. Um, well, we could do both because there's someone here who was like, yes, I want to uh, jump on the call with Matt. This would be like a dream come true. It's uh, Mary Crane. Yeah, if we can. Ha um, she said she and Lori's like, "Woo, extraordinary. Wow. wow. Like, yeah, this is like. Beautiful messages. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, so, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Travis, let's take um, the first call right there. And so... Hi. Hi. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. Mary. <laughs> We're so glad you... Hey, Matt. Hi. I, I wanted to talk to Matt today. Matt, I'm from Seattle, but live in Santa Monica, California really? now. So, And you're just adorable, and I just wanted to see what, if Spirit had anything to say to me. Yes, 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 yes. So when I feel into you, what I feel might be really necessary, um, I feel the need for you to have more of a regular daily grounding practice. And the very specific reason I say that is because if you had a practice where you could just sit and be completely still for at mm -hmm. least 10 minutes at a time, I feel like there are some aspects, some conditionings of guardedness that have the chance to kind of melt away and come down so that your heart can even fully open more and even fully open in the presence of anyone else who may not be in such a heart-centered perspective. So, so this practice would allow you to you know, be as heart-centered as I can feel that you are, but the real key is to be totally heart-centered and not allow someone who's not in a heart-centered position to pull you over into their energetic uh, signature. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Are you talking about additional meditation? Uh, no, to be specific, I'm talking about an open-eye meditation. Do you do open-eye or closed-eye? 
I'm sorry, can you say that again, Matt? Yeah, do you do open eye or closed eye? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually walk the ocean every morning for an hour, so I would call it a walking open eye meditation. <laughs> what I would suggest, and like what I was saying about just sitting still, is because moving obviously is a good way to relax the mind so you can open mm -hmm. up your awareness. So, of course, it makes me very open. Yeah. Yeah. Just very. like a mantra will do the same thing. What I would suggest for you to take the next step, because again, what I feel like is being by the ocean is creating mm -hmm. a certain amount of groundedness, but I'm feeling a mm -hmm. deeper need for groundedness. So, I would say, in addition to that, for 10 minutes, sit with your feet on the ground and your eyes open and just allow that deeper nervous system patterning to unravel. Okay. With my eyes closed? With your eyes open. With my eyes open? Okay. Yeah, because when your eyes are open, think of it this way. Meditation is very prescriptive. So if right. you're doing a walking meditation, you're learning to mm -hmm. be in harmony while you're in movement. So that right. means if you're walking to your car, you're going to be in harmony because that meditation is replicating that. If your meditation is closed eye meditation, that means you're developing harmony during closed eye experiences, which means you'll be harmonious when you sleep. But what okay. most people and what I feel like you need is harmony for the times in your life when you're just sitting and being, whether in traffic, sitting with other people. So instead, we want to sit with eyes open because that's the okay. position most of us live most of our lives in. Does that make sense? That's true. It does. That's amazing. Okay. Do you have anything to say about music? Because I love music. Well, let me ask you a question about that. Okay. Because I, I love being able to allow my intuition to help you deepen your intuition. Okay. What is it about music that's calling to you? I feel like it opens my opens me up. So I sing. So I sing at home a lot. Um, I've been singing since I was a little kid, and it just kind of takes me to a higher place. It's only way have I can you, say it. Have you ever sang in the presence of others in your life during moments of pain oh, and yeah. discomfort? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever considered maybe that as a healing modality? Um. I don't know if I want to anymore i did it a lot when i was younger got it i don't know if i want to now yeah yeah you know when i tune into you and creative expression to be honest i don't get as i don't get much about singing in terms of um anything more than i'm sharing what, what keeps calling to me is either writing or painting or some sort okay. of sculpting like using your hands so i my suggestion would be let's look at writing let's look at painting let's look at sculpting let's look at using your hands Okay. to create and bring that divine feminine through you. That's what that's really kind of what more is what's calling to me when I tune into your energy. Okay, thank you, Matt. You're welcome. And congratulations on the marriage. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Welcome, caller. It's Dr. Sarah Larson. Matt Kahn is on the line. Hi. Who are we speaking? Hi. With? Hi. Can I ask any question? Of course. Any question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is great. Free for all. Um, my name is Janice. Mm. Welcome, Janice. 
What's your question? Um, the question that I have for you is something about my partner, actually. Mm. You know what? I need to turn off the computer because it's like echoing here. So just one second. Thank you, uh, Janice. We'll let everybody there, else know better. that too. Make sure <laughs> anyway, you turn your computer um, the down. The question that I have is my partner has a son, and he hasn't seen his son since he was six months old. Yeah. And his son is 22 years old right now. And it just grates his heart, but it would just make me so happy to see them reunited. And um, I found a video online of his graduation from Humboldt State University. Mm. And he looks just like my partner. And it was, it was more than just seeing a photograph. You could see his emotion. You could see his kindness, how he interacts with other people, his smile. Yeah. And I just pray and pray that he will come to know the truth and what really happened and he will want to seek out his father. And I just want to know if you have any impressions on that or what we need to do. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, what comes to me immediately is actually a little bit um, off the beaten path because, you know, when I tune into what you're saying, I listen to your words and I listen for where the currents of energy start to spike. And so where the energy starts to spike in terms of you is how can we learn to be totally at peace with the possibility that your partner may most likely will or may not reunite with his son and that my question to you is there's a possibility that you're holding out for that your partner's son finds out the truth and reunites with his father and i hold that intention for you too because i want that but I want you to tune into yourself and can you find within your body, particularly your chest and your heart chakra area, or perhaps your neck and your shoulders, can you feel the part of you that's almost kind of holding your breath until that happens? And my question to you is what if we can hold that intention, we can be joyful for that possibility, but what if we allowed ourselves to be in complete harmony and wholeness and surrender to the fact that whether that happens or not, either option could only be the highest possibility for both your partner and his son. Yeah. So that makes sense. I should just be like clinging. I shouldn't be attached to right. that outcome. But would you agree? And just, and it's, just it's have faith in, in the divine. But would you, and, but, and, and again, I, and that's, that's absolutely true, but I don't want to also bypass the part of you that is totally attached and wanting this to happen and wanting to do anything you can to make it happen. So just to make this really easy, can you feel the part of you that grips onto this attachment? Right now, as I'm talking about it, yes, I do. I feel that. So try these words out yeah, loud. Kind of. just, just try these words out loud. I accept. Uh, so Janice, repeat. I accept. Just try these words out loud. Oh, Janice. I ex I'm sorry. I accept <laughs> <laughs> that the part of me that is holding out for this outcome. That the part of me that is holding out for this outcome is actually begging for my love. Is actually begging for my love. Begging for my love. So instead of focusing on what will or won't happen outside of me. Okay. 
No, so try this out loud. So it's keep kind going. of so, like hoping for it, but then just letting it go. Well, I wouldn't even say it's letting it go because letting it go is letting go of the outside. So we're still focusing on the outside. I just want you to turn inward and love you. Oh, okay. Do you see the difference? I just want you to say this, this is a beautiful thing that I'm trying to do for my partner, but the part of uh -huh. me that is, is so attached to this is actually my own need for love crying out through this need for attachment. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. So my, my advice to you would be every time you wonder about whether your, your partner and his son are going to reunite, that's a clue. Uh -huh. and it's, it's a beautiful thing to stop what you're doing. Just take a few deep breaths, put your hand on your heart and say, Janice, I love you. I think that okay. is such beautiful advice. And Janice, I would, I'm going to add to that, the, the letting go attachment, the ability to let go of the attachment will help create um, a flow in the universe. And once you've done that a little bit, um, I, the idea that you found him in video and found his graduation and for you and your husband to possibly create videos that would allow him, to, the son, to also find you both. Conversations not necessarily directed at the son, but conversations. Go online, start creating videos with your name, with your um, the, the son's father's name, and really start creating the conversations, the messages, the energy that you want the sun to have from both of you guys. So powerfully surrender, detach, and then add into that the possibility of creating videos that gives to you, gives to your husband, and could quite possibly give to your son. Um, and I, to his son, the way that I see this is at some point, I know he's going to begin to look for deeper connection. He's going to get into the flow. The son is going to get into the flow and want to know his father. And if mm -hmm. you put it in video beforehand, just who you are, it makes it a lot easier for him to contact you. Oh, okay. And um, makes that... Yeah, because I feel like almost like seeing that video is like opening up this portal. Like it opened up this whole experience. Like I feel like I'm more connected. Yes. And, and what you are seeking is seeking you on top of that in this beautiful oneness, wholeness state. You can already be prepared for when his frequency matches what signals you're sending out to the universe. And so cre uh, create uh. videos with your husband sharing who you are, what you love, why it's so beautiful, the journey that your husband's been on, the journey that you've been on, how important fatherhood was to him and his own journey without revealing the son's name or anything like that that would or the wife's name 
the ex-wife oh, or the mother. Oh, that would yes. yes. Yes, beautiful. So glad you joined us, Janice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for answering my question. You're so welcome. Yay. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Bye for now. We can take the next... Tag team! Oh, Tag team! Sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 I want to know what though, Matt, because we, we are coming to the end of our, yeah. our, our hour here. And uh, in the book, you have such a big section on self-love. And I mm -hmm. know that last caller that you were kind of directing her towards that self-love. So yeah. I would love to get your... Get your um, just your your take in the time we have left on self love because that's such a big one to to oh address and it's, to give uh, guidance around. You know, it's it's something that we constantly face on the spiritual journey, and I think the common misunderstanding, and, and again, sometimes internal impulses require external action, no doubt. But so often our responses to the external are actually bringing us back to a need within ourselves that requires our loving attention, such as what I was proposing to the last caller, that the need for a certain outcome, just because of how I'm measuring it vibrationally when I tune into her body, is really a deeper call for her innocence within her that says, because my partner has not reunited with their child, there's a part of me that feels unsafe. But the unsafe is not caused by the situation. The unsafe is, reflect, is being reflected by the situation to show an unsafe sense that has been there for many, many years. And it is our ability to love ourselves, to make what seems unsafe in life to find wholeness and sustenance and groundedness as we love ourselves internally as a response to the things outside of us that trigger or instigate our deepest core wounds. As we do that through self-love, we are creating an internal flow of alignment. As we create an internal flow of alignment, without having to make a decision, greater opportunities will come to us. Without having to make a choice, will be moved in the direction of new timelines and new inspirations and new offerings. So from my position, simply because I want to help people not create, you know, not take a, an ego and make it into a spiritually themed ego structure, but I want to help people truly wake up in the greatest way possible to truly use the power of love to inspire the deepest awakening where we have nothing to maintain, we have nothing to track, we have nothing to measure. It is simply allowing the outside world to remind us when it's time to love ourselves, knowing that when it's time to love ourselves, it's not just life reminding us how much healing we haven't done as if we're failing our mission, but because we are connected to all that is, every time we are inspired to love ourselves in response to the things outside of us, we are loving all hearts across the universe that woman janice would be loving that child and her partner simultaneously the more she loves herself so it's not as if we are these beings who have such ultra dense energy fields and have so much healing to do it's that we when we are inspired to love ourselves in responses to the things life presents to us we are being reminded as light workers to stop and love ourselves as an energetically encoded prayer 
that actually uplifts the vibration and transforms the consciousness of all mankind. Mm. <laughs> all mankind mm. getting transformed by everything is here to help you. Yes. All mankind being transformed by nothing outside yourself needs to shift in order for you to transmit the highest flow frequency possible and love frequency possible. It's so, so beautiful. Do we have time for another caller, Jarvis? We have time for another caller. Welcome, caller. It's We're so glad that you're here. It's Matt Kahn on the line with you. Can you hear us? 714. 714, you're on the line with us. Welcome, 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 caller. All right, 714, we're gonna take the next one, 619. Welcome, it's Dr. Sarah Larson and Matt Kahn and Greg Larson in the house. What can we answer for you? Matt's on the call with us. Can you hear us? 619. Not yet. Okay, we've got another caller, a Ellen. Oh, hi, Ellen. <laughs> hi, Ellen. Is that you? Okay, we're gonna. Ooh. Hi, we love the sounds in your background. <laughs> um, eight one eight. Welcome. Eight Thank one. you. Oh, so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Hi. What's your name? <laughs> My name is Haley. Hi, Haley. So glad you're here. What's your question for Matt or, or Dr. Sarah Larson? Well, my question is, you know, I've just, a lot of times I feel I lack, I just, I feel tired. I have, I lack motivation. I feel like, I, I feel like I have on the other side of this, it's like I'm afraid of my own power. Um, and anytime I have opportunities where I feel that power, um, you know, <laughs> it's like I kind of sit on it. It's like I'm so resistant. And it's just getting so old. I'm 41. I know <laughs> I've come to do big things. Um, so I need assistance in like, you know, in, in, you know, with my energy and, 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 and breaking through um, being kind of in a dependent situation because really I'm here to be independent. I know this, but I've been in a very comfortable situation and it hasn't served me. So I kind of need help with breaking through and, and, and getting in touch with trust and confidence in myself because I've let this gone on too far. Well, I appreciate that question. And what comes to me immediately is very specific. Um, my feeling, just to give you the, uh, the functional part of it, is in the next four to six months, I think you're going to be in a, in a much better position to uh, pick yourself up and do the things that you want to do. But I, if you could give it four to six months and still give your body the rest and rejuvenation it requires. To me, the reason I say that is because you're at the tail end of a very big process a lot of people are in when they're switching over from the carbon-based DNA to the crystalline DNA. And when you switch over from the old 3D DNA to the 5D DNA, the in-between is, is a lot of exhaustion, a lot of exhaustion and yeah. a lot of rest because it's kind of like you're learning to live at a new vibration. You're learning to le live in a new 
spiritual altitude. And so the exhaustion is almost like a form of spiritual altitude sickness, where you're in a comfortable position because that was what's orchestrated by the universe. And you can judge it as I'm afraid of my power, or I have opportunities that I can't act on. But it's really your soul saying that I'm going through an evolutionary process of completing some DNA activations. And as soon as that activated DNA is integrated into your body, which I get will happen within the next four to six months, then the opportunities that will come will be able to be acted upon. And it's not because you finally got your stuff together and you reclaimed your power. It was simply because the process that you're going through right now was complete. So as we honor this process, what I would invite you to look at is it's not you holding yourself back. It's we're just perceiving a problem because we don't understand the process of DNA activation. And Mm -hmm. what I would say for the next four to six months, even though you're going to move out of the situation and do a lot of incredible things, what I would say every single day while you're going through this is thank you, DNA, for activating And thank Mm. you, life, for giving me this opportunity to rest and heal. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you, darling. I'm so excited about your book. I can buy it on Amazon or how can I buy it? You can go to Amazon. You can everywhere books are sold. My (laughs) book, everything is here to help you. And what's amazing in that book, there's a whole sections on clearings and activations that you can repeat out loud. And I would suggest that those mm-hmm. practices and activations and clearings are going to help you actually accelerate the DNA healing. So perhaps the four to six month time window, even though that's what I'm feeling is being accurate right now by the Akashic records, you also have the opportunity to fast to make it say three and a half months at the earliest, but six months at the most. Um, could you tell me if I am a, um, a star seed or an indigo or an earth angel? Do you have in tune with, with that? Yeah, you know, I get, I get that you are an, hmm, or I get that you're an earth angel. And what an earth angel means is that you are someone that has the ability to connect with the higher realms, but you're part of your focus is to be as grounded as possible to the earth. Haley, we're so grateful that you were on the call. And this is Matt. That was beautiful. And we have come to the end of our show. Matt, everything is here to help you. Haley, thank you for being with us. The last caller. Baby, anything that you want to share really quickly? I just have a gigantic man crush on Matt right now. Thank you so much, Matt, for sharing Thank just your you. brilliance. I just love you so much, and you're, you're, you. you're transforming the world in the ways it needs to be transformed, and I'm grateful for that so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. It's an honor. I think you're amazing as well. Thank and you. I, both of you, I think you're amazing, and I'm so honored to be a part of Miracle Makers. And to all the Miracle Makers who are watching this program, you know, if we want an easier time healing, awakening, and transforming and making our way through the wilderness of spiritual purgatory, and if we want to live the lives we're meant to live, if we want to start participating in the world and we want to start really stepping into that next timeline of excitement, is really about moving out of the ego and into the soul, but from the soul's perspective. And that's exactly why I wrote Everything is Here to Help You as an energetic blueprint to move you into your highest destiny in the most heart-centered way. So I invite each and every one of the, the miracle makers on this call to purchase Everything is Here to Help You, to enjoy all the activations and clearings that it offers. And if you want to also join along for my group healing tour, 
please go to mattconlive.com and uh, you can sign up for an all access pass and receive the energies that I transmit on a monthly basis. And it's just, it's a very exciting time. Yes. It's a very exciting time. Thank you so much, Matt. We look forward to our next conversation. Bye for now. Bye. Bye, Miracle Makers. The past is history, the future mystery. This moment is the Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.